What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of The Block Sauce, your weekly web show that serves up the juiciest discussions in the world of Web3 and gaming culture. I'm your host, Arena FT Ambassador Jen Kieran, and today we have a, a pretty big shift in our panel, so you definitely want to stay tuned for this one. So grab your controller, crack open a Mountain Dew, and prepare to get your game on. Thank you. 
What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of The Block Sauce, your weekly web show that serves up the juiciest discussions in the world of Web3 and gaming culture. I'm your host, Arena FT Ambassador Jen Karen, and today we have a, a pretty big shift in our panel, so you definitely want to stay tuned for this one. So grab your controller, crack open a Mountain Dew, and prepare to get your game on. Good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back, Blocks Enthusiasts. Uh, sauce Enthusiasts. Don't know where that came from, Block Sauce. Uh, as you can see, we have a new lineup today. We have Graslow, who is a return panelist, and he, he's going to be a repeat guest, obviously, moving forward. How are you doing today, Graslow? Tell us a little bit about what you're working on. I'm doing fantastic, Jim Kieran. Glad to be here today. Uh, exciting times in gaming and Web3 gaming. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm founder of Oldor, for anyone who doesn't know. Awesome. And we also have Mikkel, for those that uh, may not know how to pronounce your name, we did ask before the show. So we got you covered. If you've been pronouncing it wrong, correct yourself. How are you doing today and what you working on? Hey, I appreciate that. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. I know we've tried to get this scheduled for a while. Uh, I've been looking forward to my my first appearance on the Block Sauce. So uh, glad it's with this panel too, because we go way back, way back to the early Sedona days. So I am co-founder uh, and CMO at Sedona. We are a Web3 platform as a service for games and uh, looking to onboard the next however many users through custodial wallets into the ecosystem. So excited to be here, excited to talk about uh, today's topic. I'm glad you're on the panel today because when you guys are working at Sedona, you might be able to have some, uh, be able to answer some questions that I kind of threw Hyperplay's way and that will tie into our discussion later. Um, but before we get to that point, we also have the man, the myth, the legend, Gaspode from What's Your Game. Hey, oh, how you doing, Gaspode? Tell us what you're working on. Yeah, I'm all good. Uh, it's great to be on. I normally just go with Mick 
so that I don't get the name wrong. So that's what I do, uh, even when typing it, because otherwise I spell it wrong. Uh, so yeah, good to have that mystery solved. Um, yeah, so I'm mainly content creation, uh, dabble a little bit, helping games try and reach audiences, but a lot of it's around content creation. I decided to put it all under Watch Your Game as a brand, because that's what everyone was doing. So I thought, let's just copy that. But any platform you can think of, I've got a various podcast, written content, audio for new games. And the corny line that I'm pushing is introducing you to new games by any means necessary. There we go. By any means <laughs> necessary. I like it. I like it. So we do have kind of a, a crazy lineup today. There's obviously a lot that's been going on. Uh, it wasn't on our list to talk about, but if you're not aware Ledger was compromised, I would not transact with your Ledger for at least the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, they did announce that a fix has been pushed, so that's good. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any input to provide here. I just want to make sure we did kind of put out a little PSA at the beginning to make sure people are aware of what's going on. Um, is that something you guys want to touch on? or? Yeah. You're muted, Nick. <laughs> I said I'm just grateful I never figured out how to use mine. Let's just get that out in the open. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was glad to have overslept a bit today because when I woke up, it seemed to have already been solved. And so uh, I didn't lose anything. But yeah, there was a good bit of panic on my feed this morning. <laughs> Just a, just a tiny bit, and rightfully so. It apparently impacted a lot of different dApps. So, um, you know, I just want to, again, put the info out there. Don't don't touch any transactions with your ledger. I think they said even the uh, hot wallets were impacted, but MetaMask, I believe, announced they already pushed a fix for theirs. So uh, I don't know. Me personally, I ain't touching nothing for the next 48 hours. Hot, cold, doesn't matter. I'm being as safe as I can. I haven't been drained yet, and my processes work, so I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> My mostly uninformed opinion, I mean, or thought on this is uh, I think a, a GitHub account was was uh, compromised or, or, you know, there was a malicious actor and they, they published a like bad version of Wallet Connect and it kind of went out to a bunch of different services that use that particular library. And so it, it converted Wallet Connect into a drainer, which affected not only Ledger, but also a lot of like web dApps mm -hmm. that use it. So that was the risk. And even though it's been patched, um, because of how like CDNs work, you know, uh, yep. content being cached out there, it could take some time for everybody to, to be in the clear. A hundred percent. And and on that topic, I, I heard the same thing. I heard it was an ex-employee's account was compromised uh, and that's how they were able to gain access and do this. It, to me personally, this is just my personal opinion. I, it makes me lose trust in Ledger. This has been how many times that they've been compromised in some form or fashion at this point. Um, and they even offer that service now where they were storing people's seed phrases if you pay for that service. And I'm like, you've been hacked how many times and you really think this is a good idea? So I don't I don't let them store my stuff. I store my own stuff in a certain manner that I'm not going to publicly discuss because it's not recommended. But I am. a Well, I consider myself a security expert. I have worked in security, but I'm not going to pretend there aren't people smarter than me. Hackers are learning every day. I'm going to get screwed up one of these days. But for now, it's working and I'm keeping it that way. So Ledger, I, there's a new option. I don't know if you guys have heard of it yet. Trezo or something like that. Trenzo? Trezo. Trezo. Is that it? Yeah. And so Keystone it, Wallet. They actually sent me one um, to test. Which I, I heard they don't support yet. Solana, though. So that's kind of a problem for me. Not. Yeah, me too. You see my hat. That's not alpha or it, anything. The, the easy defense is just don't own anything of value. 
And then it go. doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Four. Smart. Think that is ahead. financial advice. <laughs> Look, I'm a gamer. I buy what I want to use in games. Sometimes it ends up being more valuable than I expect. That's not my fault. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of games, I can we can go ahead and trans uh, transition into our next topic, which is actually going to be Gods Unchained getting rated by the ESRB as adult only, um, and of course being promptly removed from the Epic Game Store. So, for those that aren't familiar, the ESRB board their ratings haven't been updated in a while. I'm not going to call them dated. They were updated uh, at some point. I want to say within the last ten years or so, but it is still kind of dated when you factor in web three because now we have these new systems this new technology new ownership opportunities uh new ways to even make money and the esrb only has real world money transactions under ao there's no other category for it to go under so i understand that epic has to adhere because there are various restrictions on ao games uh for those that aren't familiar i was informed yesterday apparently they are banned completely in australia so that means for Epic Games to keep an AO game on their store, they would have to implement regional uh, restrictions, similar to what we see with Netflix, how certain content can only be accessed with a VPN. Um, and that would actually alleviate the onus from being on them and put it on the consumer. But I feel like that type of system would re probably require a major overhaul of their store, and that's why it was easier for them to just pull the game. Um, I, I think this is an ESRB issue. I think it has nothing to do with Epic Games. I think. We talked about it in Graslow space a little bit last night, actually, and the only real solution that I could see forward is pushing the ESRB to come up with new guidelines that will separate adult-only games from Web3 games, because at this rate, you could have a child-based Web3 game, like geared towards children, and just because of those Web3 systems, all of a sudden it's adult-only, even though the gameplay, the art, everything else is clearly gear geared towards children, right? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I did see, and I would, again, Mikhail, I would love your, your input on this, but before I get any questions to you guys, I want to give you a chance to throw your thoughts out there so far. It's a, it's a complicated issue. Like I definitely can see like certain elements of financialization, certain elements of risk being given like a higher scrutiny and saying, you know, uh, there should be some kind of age limit here, but if we if we do this too broadly and we start saying that anything with a token or anything with any kind of earning element is adults only then i think we're setting a bad precedent and, and i think it just kind of further you know it, it, i've seen this on my timeline like a lot of people are talking about like you know they used to buy and trade like magic cards and you know you can go buy like packs of cards at any age in any store and these have associated values with them People trade them, you know, there's markets for them. And we don't tell people like, this is gambling. You have to, you know, show your ID. Like there's there's a lot of elements to that, but we say if we do that in crypto, it's a security. It, you know, has all these extra hurdles and, and we have to have all this extra regulation. So I, I feel like there's a lot of like context that we have to talk about. Yeah, funny story about magic cards uh, and financialization. I sold a pack probably back in like 1990, I wanna say, for $7 plus 25 cents a week interest. I was a hustler even back then, still have not recouped. So I don't even know what this has ballooned into by now, but my younger self was clearly participating in financial markets, unregulated, without anybody, you know, like that's what kids are gonna do. It's, it, it is no different. I think that's a really great point. Um, we need more clarity about what this is. Like, you know, coming back from Miami, just the way we're talking about 
Web3 and blockchain. It's the new architecture of the internet. Eventually, everything is going to operate on this. So if we can't, we can't lump everything into to an adult rating, like all the kids stuff, all Nickelodeon.com, everything's going to be connected via blockchains at some point. So yeah, lawmakers are dragging their feet on on any clarity, but it's 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 like time, right? Like we are getting left behind here in the states, and I think we need to start putting pressure on regulators to like get some clarity, start doing the research, start uh, talking to the people you're building in the space and see that it's not just all financial scams. There's real people building here for real good reasons, right? So frustrated, I guess, is, is my response. And I think we can blame Australia. So we'll do a little bit of blame for Australia, obviously, uh, especially as they've got a terrible time zone. But then additionally, I there's think more. There's, that's just a... one example. I'm just saying. <laughs> there's, there's then it is the problem of throwing everything in together. So people are allowed to buy things in game, like Robux, Fortnite. They're, you're allowed to spend it, but because you can't then do anything else with it, that seemed as better, which is an odd situation to be in that you can throw money at a corporation but you can't then do anything with it yourself feels odd um i do understand the reasoning for it though we do see a lot of games that are adding in wagering and gambling and i think that is the kind of red flag to anyone who would agree that crypto should always stay in um adult only and i think that's where working with people who are actually building in the space comes into it that yeah, we're trading assets. My asset might have gone up, but it's a card that I bought to play with. I didn't bet that this card would go up. And I think trying to make that distinction and separating it between the games is what will come through. I think that eventually, even if it does change, gambling and wagering will always stay adult only and should do, in my in my opinion. And I think that games who have elements of that, even if it's not their main element, will probably find themselves stuck even if the ratings get updated. So I think this is kind of a, a warning shot for a few games to consider what they're, because they're trying to appeal to everyone by putting everything in the package, but then you can get caught on any element. So I think even with a change that will cause some products, some problems. One thing can I quickly say just about gambling? I think people wouldn't have the incentive to gamble so much if our financial systems were a little more fair. Like I remember a study uh, maybe 10 years ago that people like at the lower end of the economic scale are the number one buyers of scratch off tickets, right? So the reason for that is that in their mind, saving that $10 a week, it's never going to improve the quality of their life, even marginally. Their only hope is to risk it for that big reward because there's so much disparity in the system. Um, so yeah, we all want to gamble if we're, if you know, it's the only way out. Like, why wouldn't you? It makes sense. You're muted, Jinkir. Uh, thank you. I can attest to that. I actually do have a gambling problem. I, I recognized this uh, when I went to my first casino uh, and I learned very quickly that I will leave my wallet at home and take cash only. But the reasoning that you just mentioned is 100% the truth. This week, I just had to put my car in the shop. It cost me $1,400. If I wasn't in Web3, I would not have paid for that. I sold my crypto and was able to pay for it just based off my participation engagement and the the fact that I have taken some risks over here. Uh, otherwise, I'd be without a car right now. Like I simply do not have the means with my nine to five to pay for stuff like that. I don't have People insurance. Price, price I don't have health system. insurance. I have to pay for all my medical stuff out of pocket. I took out a credit card loan just so I could get dental work done a couple months ago. Like that is the state of the US right now. And the government wants it that way. Yes. If we manage to get Web3 systems and 
take away that financial control that they, the government has over us, that is a big problem for them. They know that with the way that things are set up right now, they can keep us in poverty. They can keep that control. And that's all this is. This is a power play. That is why our government is so against decentralization, because they want to make sure that they have a central hold on everything because they're not against crypto. We've seen that they want to introduce their own digital currency, the the trade fire or whatever, the one fire. I forgot what it was, uh, but they're, they're trying to get their own crypto system going. But it's centralized. It's like it's not really crypto weird. at that point, is it? Weird, right? <laughs> so weird. Speaking but of centralization, though, I, I did want to make the point that this really highlights to me the importance of having Web3 native launchers. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we look at like Steam, which is the central authority for game launchers. Like everybody has to launch on Steam, but they basically said no to Web3. So games got, have to like strip hang out. Hang on. Yeah. So that's actually part of the discussion and why I'm glad Mikhail's here, because I actually have <laughs> some Web3 launcher uh, qualms after Hyperplay had made a comment about how they should, you know, uh, un un uh, Gods Unchained should launch on their launcher because they're decentralized. And that. here's the thing. If you're distributing software and a country says that software is illegal, do you, the software distributor, still have to adhere to those local laws? I mean, I, I, before Mikhail says that. Decentralized or not. I don't think any of us expect uh, like Sedona or any launchers to like skirt laws or regulation, but it's easy for somebody like Epic to say, you know, this looks hard. We're just going to turn this off. We're just going to say, yeah. you know, if, if one country says Web3 is, is a no-go there, then we're just going to like not have Web3 games. And and yeah. that's the risk is, is somebody like a Hyperplay, uh, Elixir, Sedona, like they have an, they're their whole mission is Web3. And so they're going to work extra hard to make sure they can comply and that they're going to yeah. push these games out. Well, see, we work I, very hard to stay in compliance. We exactly. But I I did <laughs> I did get a reply from the founder of Hyperplay themselves. Uh, I think it was Jacob. Um, and they said that because they're pulling from other stores and that they themselves are not the store, they don't have to adhere and be compliant in those territories. And I'm well, like, what stores uh, are they pulling from? Like, like, like Epic, which okay. Epic is going to have, well, Epic's Epic's gonna have, have to shut it off. Then how do you, yeah, like that's a, that's a moot point. That's just, but that, that's, that's what I was pressing them for is like, how does a web three launcher solve this? You still yeah. have to be compliant. And they're saying because they're decentralized and they run off of IPFS and they're know. US based, they don't have to. And I'm like, that, that'd be like saying we don't, we didn't do a token, right? Not because uh -huh. we don't want to do a token, not because we don't think a token would benefit our ecosystem and allow us to like share value with people who support Sedona, but because there's not regulatory clarity. We are not going to do anything that jeopardizes the future of our company, of the games that have supported us, of the influencers that support us. Like, why would we do anything to risk that? So we're going to build as close to that line as possible without stepping over it. And we're going to be advocating for that line to move forward and forward and forward because that's how growth works. We can't. And that's why. So listen, we're a, we're a centralized wallet, right? Like we have a custodial wallet. We are holding people's assets because mm -hmm. we don't believe somebody's going to come in from Web2 to, to get something that they don't even know that they want ownership they have no idea they really want this but we're going to ask you to jump through 10 steps to even try your first web three game right mm -hmm. like that's 
unpractical. So we're providing that little bridge. Like, let's get you a little closer. Let's let you taste uh, the benefits of ownership in like the most seamless onboarding way. And then kind of you, you red pill it, right? Or whatever, like you go down that rabbit hole at your pace. It is, a, it's a difficult argument to make. Like evangelical arguments are just difficult period for any technology, for any product. And it's going to take time. Like I think, yeah, we all have this ideal kind of utopian decentralized future in mind and we're all building towards that. But the people that push us to get there too quickly are actually hurting more than they're helping. Like let's, let's baby step people across. Well, on top of that, um, and I don't know if Sedona does this, but I, so far, none of the Web3 launchers have done age verification for me. And that's a requirement by law in multiple areas if somebody's downloading a yeah. game. So, yep. I, you know, and here's the thing, guys, I use Hyperplay. I'm not trying to like foot on them or, or bury them or anything like that. But these are things that we need to call out and recognize because they're if, if they got a team of lawyers that say, hey, go for it. Fine. Cool. Yeah. You got a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, but I, I'm just basing it under precedence and my understanding of how you have to operate across multiple yeah. regions and territories. We're all just like taking risks, right? Calculated risks. We know that there's not a ton of clarity around these issues. Mm -hmm. You have to see where where am I likely to get in trouble? Where am I likely not? What, you know, is the, the reward worth the risk? Maybe in the case of Gods Unchained, it is, right? I don't know. Like, it depends on what the rest of your business looks like. But none of us are experts, right? Like, I, I wouldn't say with 100% clarity, yes or no on that. I, I would ask a, a lawyer and try to but find that, out. That's the problem is I've asked a developer before about their mm -hmm. lawyer team. And the problem is apparently legal teams can't even give, give clear guidance because yeah. the, the government hasn't given clear guidance. And that makes sense. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. So yeah. I'm like, I think, mm. I think a big part of this. So I, I work with a lot of legislation and regulation kind of in my web zero life. And I find it hilarious, some of the stuff <laughs> people say in regards of how they could ignore it, how they could get around it because I know that that sort of, so for example, ah, oh, well, if we don't pay someone with money, we pay them with a sponge, then it's not money. And you're like, well, that is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's still kind of proven. Yeah. And I think that's where we are with a lot of the other regulation that there's people who are terribly naive with how they think legislation and regulation works, who thinks that now they're on Web 3.3, they don't need to play by Web 0 rules at all. And this is just like, I don't think um, they were like that on Epic. This took my surprise. But I think there's a lot of projects who think we're Web3, we'll be fine. And the second they have to interact with the real world, they're going to yeah. get in for a world of her tokens, NFTs. Their whole project will probably go to zero because they've not been preparing for it. Yeah. If someone says, I've not got lawyers and they can't advise because it's not there, but if they've not even engaged them and they think, well, we've come up with our own solution, you probably haven't. Um, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I, I will say, while, while you're absolutely right, a lot of times if you look at existing rules, this new technologies, new businesses would be illegal. And so part of the like founder strategy is to move as fast as possible. They say move fast and break things. You know, you move <laughs> as fast as possible and get big enough and important enough to where the rules have to change to accommodate you. And that's an unfortunate reality of like the regulatory kind of system. I mean, that's what happened to Uber, but that, that's what happened to like so many technologies. And and I think that, um, you know, uh, games like, you know, if we, if we took games um, like Big Time and, and really put them under the microscope, you might say that they're violating the law in a lot of ways, you know. But if they move fast enough and move big enough, by the time something is challenged, it's it's got so many users, it's so important and so many people love it that 
the laws have to change. But, but you gotta just doing the same thing with their token. Hang on, hang on. But you gotta recognize something. This mm-hmm. isn't a U.S. issue. This is a global issue. Again, if an AO game is banned in Australia, it doesn't matter what the U.S. laws or regulations are for crypto or Web3 or any of this. If they are distributing an adult-only game in a territory that is it's banned and illegal to do so, I feel like decentralized or not, you are setting yourself up for some legal repercussions. Or Somewhere. or some change of rules in Australia. I mean, isn't that know, where isn't but... that like the base of, of Immutable? Like that's... There's well, a lot the, of connections there. The, the, there's a lot of, so I, th- this is going to end up being hyper, hyper, hyperbole, so bear with me. But that's like saying if I went and killed 400 people, eventually they're going to make murder illegal, right? Or make murder, <laughs> murder legal. Um, no. I don't think that escalated that, quickly. <laughs> I, I don't think breaking the law and being big enough is necessarily going to constitute change. And even if you get it changed in Australia, there's still a lot of Middle Eastern companies, there's still a lot of Asian countries, there's still a lot of places. So you're basically banking that you could make a global change by breaking the laws in multiple areas. I don't think that's going to work the way- What's the answer? Like regional software companies? Like, I mean, how do we navigate this? (laughs) In this particular case, the solution is the ESRB rating board and us pushing for them to add a new category separate from adult only Mm -hmm. that would constitute like, like I was saying yesterday uh, in Graslow space yesterday, game, like make a gamified category. As much as I hate that term, maybe that's what we need. We need gamified finance as its own category, separate mm-hmm. from AO, because what that's going to force countries to do is now they're going to have to look at this new rating system and regulate based on that. Right now, the fact that we're getting lumped into AO, there's already existing regulation. There's already existing bans and illegal activities regarding AO. So without having a separate category, you're looking at a global law change around AO games, and I don't think that's going to happen. No, I totally agree that, that that's what we should push for, but I don't think everything stops and we wait for that. You know, like you have to go as fast as possible. And I think it's, mm. you know, you you isolate the regions where it's a no-go. You say, okay, well, we can't accept users from Australia, but we're going to go as fast as possible everywhere else because otherwise the risk is you just get shut and down then, and isolated. That's what Facebook ran into. Yeah. That's what every big tech company, you can you can look at them under the microscope and say, this would have never existed had they stopped it every time there's some regulation that would have blocked them from doing something. And that, that was my proposed solution was territory-based blocking um, because we already see it. STG football, if you try to download it on Epic Games and you're outside of North America, it won't let you. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be the only solution for Web3 platforms to avoid those legal problems is to limit their, like restrict their platform to countries mm-hmm. where that regulation is easier to uh, adhere to. <laughs> but that aside, I think pushing the ESRB rating board to, to update their, their categories is really the big solution here. So that way future games aren't just automatically thrown into the adult only category. There's just so much changing so quickly, though, mm-hmm. with AI, and it is going to, whatever you think, replace a lot of jobs. Like, we are going to have to find more creative ways to earn the creator economy. Yes, should children be gambling? No, but can they participate? Can they have jobs? I, I started working when I was eight years old, and it gave me an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like, I was out there selling blue blockers with my dad on a street corner. I mean, not literally, at a fair, like we we're carnies, basically. Uh, but- <laughs> 
but right, like that's good. That's like, you know, and I was participating and adding value to the economy instead of just being like a negative, like mm -hmm. feed me, clothe me, take care of me, I'm helpless. And I watch a lot of my friends that grew up in that, you know, without pursuing like growing their skills or or financialization of their their work and and they live quite different lives right like and they, they tend to to get in line with systems very easily and do we want everyone getting in line with systems uh, i don't <laughs> well in other gaming news we recently had yet another web 2 rug pull which uh hopefully <laughs> you know that takes the the target off of web 3's back for a little bit um the day before finally launched that's been hyped up for like the last year uh the developers have released previous games but apparently it was a giant asset flip that was buggy as all nonsense i saw some clips and i'll tell you right now like i don't know how this game was released in the state that it is it's buggier than any bethesda released to date and that's saying something um and it they're offering like steam has already said we don't care what your play hours are we're refunding it sales were halted they can no longer sell the game uh the i guess the company that funded the developers was like yeah we're giving refunds and this game is being shut down blah 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 i there there there's a game launching and it being buggy and being not well received and being able to update and fix then there's whatever this is this is clearly like the entire city Somebody apparently found out the entire city, every building and everything was just one giant asset that you could buy off the Unreal Engine store. That's how bad this game was. Everything was just purchased off the store and thrown together. You know, Yikes. I like to give developers the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, like from my understanding, they didn't raise money from VCs to, to do this. It was self-funded. It was publisher funded. Publisher funded. Okay. Yeah, my, so, my Tona is apparently their publisher and they funded the uh, the actual development. But I, I mean, I could definitely see a scenario where, you know, you're you're spending a lot of money that, you know, you, you, you it, it doesn't go as far as you think. You, you kind of run out of your runway. You you have to get a game out. That's how you're going to get your revenue and recoup some money. And you just push out what you can. Uh, so I can definitely see that scenario. But the way that like four days after the launch, they just said we're no longer going to continue we're shutting down we're boys. shutting down that that makes you think that the whole thing was like that was the plan from the start you know it's like let's pump this up get it out and just take the money oh it goes further than that so the devs started deleting all the old game footage um at this point i believe their entire youtube has been scrubbed but originally they were only going back and deleting footage for stuff that was advertised and never made it into the actual game um and all the old games that their name was on on Steam have been changed to different developers. Yeah, almost like they're trying to hide this studio completely at yeah. this point. There's a lot of red flags. Pixel Kevin vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this hey, look, was really Kevin is our mascot here now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. He had a I have some. He had I have some, up. okay? I have some. I'm not fighting Pixel Kevin. It's just you know, it's a Kevin little reminiscent. It's the running meme. I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's um, I think it's really interesting because they did all the tactics that people still fall for in Web3. So all of their videos were very hyped, showed a completely different game to what was ever going to come out. 
mislabeling the game to push it to a wider audience. So an MMO, even though servers were only 32 people. I forgot about which that part, yeah. It is not, it was not an, an MMO. MMO. Um, the, the best review I watched on it is a guy from the northeast near me, and he does one, which is it worth a buy? Spoiler, no, was his answer. But he played for an hour and a half, didn't see a zombie, and didn't see a person. He was running around, he said he left his house, and he was really worried, and he was, you know, sneaking around. And then after 10 minutes, he was just sprinting, and he just didn't see a single person. There was no threat. And then when you look back at the trailers that were advertised, people were fighting to keep the zombies off and all sorts. And he said it just... It was. It's what we fall for now. Videos with no gameplay, very set pieces in gameplay, promises that never materialize. It's it's a perfect Web three scam. Like they they could. But come is it just a Web three scam? <laughs> I buy my kids toys all the time. They look amazing on TV and they dance around, you know, or whatever for my four year old. And it's in the trash two days later. And I'm not like screaming for the end of the toy industry. It's just a you know we're working on it. Like right now, game developers have to focus on blockchain and all these apps and like getting connected and who are the influencers. There's so many things for them to worry about that is not creating a great game that of course quality is gonna suffer. So the tooling needs to catch up. We need to make it super simple for web developers from web two or web three to just come and focus on like, what are the game loops? What are, you know, what's the lore? What is gonna make this game amazing and stand out? And right now that doesn't exist. So we can't really, I don't, I don't fault people. Everyone's out here trying, doing their best, right? I, <laughs> I don't like the misleading stuff though. I fault the less, well, I do fault the developers, but it would only work if everyone was, was as optimistic as they are. I think <laughs> there needs to be a touch more cynicism uh, when they see certain things and be like, hmm, this this seems like, a, oh, you've raised 10 pounds or $10 and you're going to do us a, an MMO. Yeah. Okay. No, I believe you. Like a little bit sense. more cynicism needs to, <laughs> needs to be sprinkled around, I think. Yeah. So we, we did touch on that. We got a few, a uh, few video comments. Uh, so I'm going to go through those real quick. First off team Mikhail, we should have her on the show more often. Let's go. They like you, Mikhail. Uh, that was from Fruity Loops. We also got Dougie hype in the chat who said that we are what? all great and attractive people. Are you um, sure that's what he said or did you edit? <laughs> nope. That's what he said. Uh, <laughs> Doug also said, who said Mikhail could be so insightful? Um, <laughs> what? I'm calling you. Uh, Rod said the fantastic, fantastic. The dev behind the game has officially announced it's shutting down. We did, we did cover that. Um, it was four days, four days after the game launched. They were like, yeah, guys, we're closing the doors. Look, I've been the victim of a game shutdown many a time in web two. I'll tell you right now, not once in my lifetime has it been four days after the game released. It's usually months to years yeah. later. So this this screams like a setup. I, I kind of agree. I think it was Mikhail that had, had pointed that out 100%. Um, and Jorge said, when we getting Dougie hype on the show? I don't know. I, th <laughs> I think Jorge. that's something maybe, maybe we need to have it happen. I don't know. We'll see. But this show might not be hype enough for him. He might not want to be here. I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's what's going on with the day before. For those that weren't familiar or in the loop, um, I don't really think there's much more to add there. So we're gonna go ahead and move on to the next one. Immortal Games announces that they are leaving Web3. For those not familiar with them, because I sure as heck weren't until this announcement. Apparently they are a Web3 chess uh, platform, which I, to me, I love chess. I have a custom chess set. If you ask me if I'm gonna go buy a chess NFT, not happening. 
I, I, no offense what to what they're building. I think it's great, but I, I think that the very the very audience they're trying to target is the very audience that's taking advantage of them right now, and that's why they're not leaving web or why they are leaving web three. Uh, they did say that play to earn doesn't feel sustainable. And it seems like they do have a bit of a cheating problem, which for anybody that has been in any of the spaces with gamers, I know Graslow has brought this up. I know Gasboat has brought this up. I know I've brought this up. Cheating is something that you are going to have to solve. Cheating, botting, any type of malicious activity is something every Web3 game with profits is going to have to resolve sooner rather than later. If you launch with the ability to be exploited, people are going to exploit it, period, end of story. I, I don't think anybody can change my mind on this. We've seen it across every Web2 release to date. No matter what anti-cheat is used, there are still people getting around it. Go. <laughs> you know, I, I've seen many Web2 chess games and almost all of them, pretty much all of them have cheating problems. I don't think going from Web3 to Web2 fixes cheating. I think changing but, the mechanics to not reward people for, you know, like to, to more reward like collecting instead of the, the like actually winning the games. That exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, but the issue isn't the, the Web3 systems directly. It's the profitability for the players. So you, you nailed, the head, nailed it on the head. I think shifting their systems may have been more beneficial, but since they are VC funded, they kind of have to start recouping money as quickly as they can. So this could well, be a business decision to do that. Charge a subscription and do something. But I own the NFT. The Why do I have to pay more, Mikael? Oh, sorry. Shouldn't have minted NFTs. Not everything needs an NFT. <laughs> Thank you. Say that. <laughs> I think the fact that it's 15 million to put NFTs in chess, it just sounds like a wild idea to start with. Um, I think their response in the Discord message, which is essentially, we're taking our toys and leaving, you keep your <laughs> NFTs, and it, yeah, you still own them, don't worry, you've got that true ownership, but it means nothing because we're going back over here. I th I think it's a, oh my God. I, I'm all about the negative. Is it a web two marketing way. play? Maybe they're it's like, a, they're like yeah, we hate crypto too. Where can we back to web two? It's a, learn it. it's a learning no, point for people. They did say that they're going to keep building in Web3. It's just that specific game and systems are going to be changed. So, I don't, you know, them as a studio, they will still be residing in and building something in Web3. At this point, I don't know what it is, but I did see a tweet. Uh, they replied to Jonah stating that they are staying in the space in some form or fashion and they will continue building. So it looks like it's just the game itself, not the whole studio. They will continue taking VC funding. Oh, of course. Yes. 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 <laughs> Building-ish. <laughs> so Wait. we'll see how that plays out. But I, I, I get where Jonah's coming from. They're not the first game to take a bunch of VC money and then be like, yo, guys, it's not working. We're out. But I hope this doesn't become a common thing, because while it has happened multiple times, I wouldn't say it's commonplace. I've seen it with maybe three games that I'm aware of. Um, so I don't think it's a big deal just yet, unless I see other people following suit, then we may have a problem. That's kind of where I'm at. I just like it. I just like it as a learning point that they, the studios can leave and leave you with an NFT that is now worthless. Um, I've they been might telling do something people... later on, but it's a good learning point for people. I actually think that this is a good thing because I have been telling games, you should build in a way in which you can remove all the Web3 elements and people still want to play your game. 
And the reasoning for that is exactly this. If you cannot find a foothold in Web3, guess what? You remove all of that and suddenly that crowd that hates NFTs and hates crypto and hates everything, you might still be able to succeed as a business. You might not succeed as a Web3 business, but you might be able to still succeed as a business. And that is honestly the more important part to me as a gamer. I don't like seeing my games shut down. I would rather you remove all the Web3. I'd rather hold a JPEG that doesn't have any asset value whatsoever and still be able to enjoy the experience you provided me. It sucks, yes. My value goes down, my, I'm holding bags, yes, but that isn't the point. The point of gaming is supposed to be entertainment. Gosh. <laughs> so I totally agree That's that- a novel idea. I totally agree that games world. should be totally, you know, they, they should be fun and, and playable and just as enjoyable without the NFT or Web3 element. I think that those should be an add-on, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I, I'm, I, I'm just skeptical of Web2 brands and, and Web2 studios coming into Web3 and I don't know the background of of the immutable. I mean, of the um, the immortal game guys. But you know, like I'm in general, I'm skeptical of of these larger kind of Web two studios and brands coming into Web three and trying to, you know, get the market that's here instead of build their own kind of user base and attract their own audience and and monetize them using Web three. I'm more bullish on Web3 native studios because um, you know we have the incentives in in the alignment of the ethos. You know, even from like the PFP projects, like Pudgy and others that are that are really like pushing the the um, the whole ecosystem forward. I'm bullish on those teams more so than like the Disney and and others that come over and do some Web three projects and they just kind of like drop something, they get some liquidity, and then they just leave because it wasn't as much as they wanted. Look, I you think, think they're just testing though. Like I don't get the feeling that they're coming and trying to make money. I think they're they're testing out and trying to build some Web three games so they have experience if they have to pivot. Maybe. I don't see it as a big financial play. But but here's the misconception that I think I think a lot of people uh, don't realize. You don't need 100 million daily active users. Eve Online is still going strong. Here we are, like 20, 25 years later. I forgot how long it's been out. Uh, I was a very avid player of it, and they average I think it's about 20 to 30 thousand. Uh, active accounts. I'm not saying players for a reason because I can tell you right now, multiple players run multiple accounts. Uh, I myself personally ran about six and yes, I just opened the client right now and there are currently 29,458 players logged in or accounts logged in. Um, and they're, they're, they're launching, uh, they just did a test this past weekend for a new FPS set in their EVE universe, which is web two. They also started a playtest last week for those that may not be familiar with it called Project Awakening, which is Web3. So even with 20,000 active, 20 to 30,000 active players, and they, those aren't even subscribers, mind you, because keep in mind, EVE Online has a free account system now too. So that's not even 30,000 subscribers. And they're managing to build out multiple games in their universe. They're building in Web3. They're doing a lot. And all it took was having that core community and those those people that want to keep spending and, and supporting the, the franchise to make this all happen. And I think more games need to focus on that rather than mass adoption. We keep talking mass adoption, onboarding, mass adoption, getting all the players in. We don't need all the players. We need dedicated committed players that enjoy your project and want to see it succeed even myself in free-to-play games 
If I get more than an hour's worth of time out of that free to play game, you bet I'm buying a microtransaction to support that game. I can't tell you how much I've spent on mobile across games. I probably don't even play anymore just because I was like, look, I got some entertainment value out of it. I'm going to support your project. Right. And I think that's a mentality I would wish more people could adopt. But I think with Web3 and the financial incentives, we don't quite have the gamer mentality here. It's more of that degen mentality. And we got it. We got to find a way to get more gamers involved, I feel like. Yeah, I think I think. Okay. Sorry, guess, but I was just going to say, like, I think that uh, we're going to see like parallel and and uh, and big time and other games that are are growing their own kind of segment of the of the user base. They're going to show that they can make a really profitable uh, business that that has customers that really enjoy their product, and then you know that's going to kind of show that everybody can do that. It's just you know you've got to build that that base. I think I'm going to continue my loop as the cynicism fairy. Um, no, go for it. I think that it's nice that developers and founders are dreaming big. And I think having big dreams are fine. They then try and spend those dreams. And that's where they start coming into the problems. And that's where they run out of money too quickly. Like focusing on an audience that's smaller, that you can manage the runway up to, and then take it from there is a much better mm -hmm. business model. I know Sinjin's normally on it, and I'm going to give him a shout out, that he is very aware of the niche he's aiming for with a game, mm -hmm. and he's spending appropriately to reach that niche. If he was trying to go mainstream and having to spend the money required to get mass adoption, the game would fall over before it even got anywhere because it would cost way too much. And I think having a big dream's nice, but you also need the realistic dream that you kind of spend towards whilst you're taking steps towards the big dream. I agree with that 100%. Anybody got anything else to add to that one? Not much. I think you're all right. Can't find um, any of right. <laughs> well, the final topic of the day is Oh Baby Games. Now adding SpongeBob to Oh Baby Cart. Now, um, this is where my cynicism kicks in. I've seen Nickelodeon and Web3 before. I know how that went down. It's not a big deal to me. I, to me, it looks like Nickelodeon is willing to take any licensing deal that comes their way without verifying or validating what that may entail. Because for those not familiar with what I'm currently hinting at, there was a platform called Recur, and they had a ton of Nickelodeon-based NFTs. They had, uh, I think, Care Bears. They had Hello Kitty. And they just shut down the platform. They essentially rug-pulled everybody right so i don't think that just because oh yay spongebob i don't think that's a bull signal in my opinion i think it's just another licensing deal that was made and money was transferred and they secured that deal that doesn't mean anything to me yeah i'd say it wouldn't be like a reason to get hyped on the project but i think that it's it's a smart move um it's a good marketing play you know i wouldn't wouldn't buy a whole lot into it but at the same time like I think it's smart in it and it slightly gets them more attention it, it you know grows their base a bit but i agree jinkieran like i i'm go i go back to my skepticism of brands you know i've seen like warner brothers i've seen uh, many large brands come over to the space drop a few things and then kind of leave and um and sometimes it it feels like you're you know leaving holding the bag but at the same time uh you know, businesses, they try things and then they move on. It just feels different in, in Web3 because we actually feel like we own stuff and then they, they don't really, you know, respect that going forward. 
Yeah, it feels personal, like they're coming over to like take our liquidity and bounce. But I, I just don't think that's the reality. I don't think that that's what these executives are saying. I know like we don't love big businesses, a lot of us, but I don't think they're sitting around like, oh, let's get let's get in there and get get their money and leave. It's more of they what they recognize that we are a valid emerging technology and they know their teams are going to need this experience in the future. Is it a trick that's been done a bunch of times and are they not really vetting the people that are leading these initiatives? That's a mistake on both parts. Like we shouldn't be funding people like that from our side uh, to stand up projects like this. And on the other side, you should be if I have a valuable IP like Nickelodeon, you better believe I want your social security number, background check. Like I'm going to make sure you're not a serial rugger. Like you've never murdered anyone. Like because I don't want my brand name associated with that. So to me, it blows my mind that that they're not being a little more careful with who they partner with. But um, to me, it's a good signal, right? Like it's it's Web two kind of putting their stamp of approval on Web three by participating in Web three in whatever capacity. Wow. It- come full circle because i'm going to be the optimistic one on this one what um i yeah i know i've really enjoyed all the play tests of um oh baby car i think it's really good my one of my criticisms has been that it's too crypto branded so all of the people ah. you play as are crypto memes some of the weapons are crypto related so if they can start diluting that with known characters I think it's a smart play from both of them to get more of a market. Like, I don't think they care, particularly um, SpongeBob, about coming in. They've got a good deal, like you say. But I think from the game's point of view, they need to be able to dilute the fact that most of the characters are famous people on crypto Twitter, which mean literally nothing to about 100% of the world. So being able to bring some known characters, some known races in and remove some of the crypto branding, which will be an offput to other people and will be kind of, they'll be able to keep their roots because they'll keep those characters there. But I think as we see the character pool and the car pool and the weapon pool kind of expand for the game, we are, I predict that we're less likely to see more crypto stuff being added in. We'll, you'll have those core star ones, and then it will be more like SpongeBob. It will be more kind of Web2 brands to flesh out the rest of the pool so it can have a wider appeal. So I am quite, I don't think it's like they're coming in and they definitely believe in Web3, not in the slightest. They've got some good money and they think it's not too risky. Mm. But once you've got one in, they'll probably be able to get a few more in. And then I think that will be a good signal for the game because it will help with that kind of more mass appeal outside of the crypto bubble. I don't disagree. Um, and we do have a comment here from KG. Agree 100% Jinky. I've worked in the licensing industry for over 10 years and worked deals with Nickelodeon. As long as they get their royalty guarantee, they really don't care if the product fails. They license hundreds of products every year. So... Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to back up Gasboat here. I've heard nothing bad from the gameplay itself. However, we are seeing racing games pop up left and right. It's basically the new TCG looter shooter extraction game. Like there's there's cycles, right? And I think having SpongeBob is going to help set them apart. And I think it it is good for the game itself. I'm just saying to me as as a player and somebody who was in the Nickelodeon NFT sector pri- previously before we got rugged um i i'm it's not a big deal to me you know personally and i think that everybody involved recur is going to look at this and be like oh it's just nickelodeon selling nickelodeon right um 
So I, I think there are pros and cons. I'm not saying it's it's bad by any means whatsoever. I'm just saying I don't think it's as big a deal as people were making out because you saw it all over the timeline after the announcement. Everybody's, oh my God, SpongeBob and, and no baby cart. And I'm like, yeah, well, we had SpongeBob on Recur too. And look what happened there. So I, I like the, the Fortnite kind of con- comparisons though. You know, it's like you, you be- bring in these brands to your game and you give it this different kind of uh, theme for a, a period of time and, and let people be able to kind of collect and experience the game in like new ways. Like maybe they're playing it every day, but now it's, it has SpongeBob in it, you know, and then maybe in a month from now, it's got something else in it. And it's like, it's a reason to kind of jump back in, to engage with it, to start collecting things. So yeah, I definitely like it from that perspective. Bring in Ren and Stimpy and then I'll think about it. <laughs> oh man, I, don't get me wrong. I love SpongeBob too, but um yeah we'll see what happens fortnite knows how to do it right that came from kg i i mean i would say that they kind of started the blueprint we're starting to see other other games pick up on it call of duty's got like Nicki minaj and snoop dogg and stuff like that um so i think that that is probably going to be a thing moving forward for a lot of the gaming industry as they realize these crossovers do work really well um i mean heck i got i got a uh, there was like a burger king and i think a little caesar's skin for call of duty the new one that dropped there were like cross promotion deals with all these other brands and you could actually be like the king the burger king king in call of duty and i thought that was so funny i know it doesn't really fit but eh, it's fun that's the point fun yeah and innovating and doing different stuff like we don't just need to copy pasta web 2 and put it on a different tech if we're trying to attract new audiences we need to do something better than they're doing because ownership isn't i mean we understand it right but it's not flashy enough for them to come over so try something new bring some new ip over i'm just saying if ownership was enough i wouldn't be playing world of warcraft every day yeah yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I love Web3. I'm a big supporter of Web3, but unfortunately, I am still very Web2 native in terms of what I play daily. Uh, there just hasn't been that game yet, like you said, to do something different and pull me in. And it doesn't even have to be drastically different. No, lie. There was one. Metapixel. If you're not familiar with that MMO, it was probably the best Web3 MMO. I actually put down World of Warcraft to play it for weeks, and then they shut down. Well, I'm excited for next year. I mean, I know this is off topic, but like, it basically like because today was the the games gg awards and it just really made me reflect on last year and the the pool of games compared to then but even this year none of the games i, I would think would call themselves like a finished product like all of the top games still call themselves very early and they're not looking at major you know like releases of their game until next year so that's what i'm excited for is 2020 this time next year we're going to be talking about games that have massive audiences and hopefully not a bunch of immortal games that all went back to web 2 because uh, they couldn't make it <laughs> so um speaking of the games awards you guys got I, I know we're starting to hit that time you got a little time to go over that or does anybody have a hard stop congrats Nobody? to the winners congrats sam for content creator of the year yeah. that was huge news he well deserved he said he didn't expect it and i'm like dude it was probably you or bryson let's be honest yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's not exactly a lot of large creators in our space let's be honest so yeah sam has brought so much value to this i mean bryson matt it, really all the creators on the list they bring yeah. so much value but uh like those those spaces that sam runs and the value he brings in wolves down just you know how genuine and, and uplifting he is like we're, we're very fortunate as an industry 
because there's been a lot of like really kind of scammy people in this space. I mean, even ones that kind of make it to the top of the list, but in, in the gaming niche of Web3, we've got some great people yeah. that represent us. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very fortunate about that. My tiny bit of fun about him, I think we should ha go beyond just categories of like content creator of the year, because there's lots of different things that we could recognize these creators for to recognize more than just one. And there's a lot of people, to your point, that deserve recognition this past year. So uh, that's my only fun, but I think it's super amazing they're doing it. And I, I can't wait to wait, uh, watch them bet grow year after year. I, I really enjoyed the trailers. They were my my favorite bit of it. Getting to see the trailers as they come through. Uh, I Man, think that some ultra that that ultra IO game trailer came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody was expecting that, but I watched that and I was like, "Yo, this actually looks kind of dope." <laughs> I was like, I mean, a lot of the shooters. Let's be honest, a lot of the shooters we have are actually pretty dope anyway. I mean, Dead Drop, Shrapnel, Metalcore, but they came in and I was like, "Dang, they look good too." How do I play all these shooters? <laughs> It's a good problem to have, right? When we've been complaining that there's no games, so now we can't complain that there's too many. <laughs> nope, you're right, 110%. But I am curious, um, did you guys have anything that kind of stood out as like, maybe shouldn't have won? Like, let's be honest, because I'll tell you right now, best action game, I still don't think my pet hooligan deserved it. <laughs> I, me and Graslow talked about this before. I don't think it belonged in that category to begin with. However, I think Metalcore is extremely hindered in this regard by the fact that their servers aren't always up. Not even holders have constant access to it. Uh, I think even Big Time probably des deserved a little bit more than My Pet Hooligan, but that's just my personal opinion But because they're bigger maps, they're open. To me, My Pet Hooligan comes off as just more of an arena shooter. It's not quite the same. I just can't answer. I don't think it'd be right for me to answer this question. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm sorry. I don't want to get in trouble with anyone. We're supposed to be saucy. No, it, it, it's <laughs> no, my I, opinion. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying I don't think it should have won that category. Right. As someone who was on the jury for the voting, I think that there is a difficulty for people to be doing that voting. So this voting was, I think it was like 90% jurors, 10% community for the majority of them. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like 70 jurors. And I think the problem is, is that before we got to the top five to then vote who won, there was loads of games. And I'm fortunate enough, I don't really do anything else. I just play different games and then talk uh -huh. about playing those games. And the 70 jurors have jobs. So I think what we can see happen is that if people haven't been able to play a game, they'll be more drawn to the ones they've seen more about. Exactly. So... It is difficult because th there's the argument of ones that are not playable. And we've seen that on, uh, I think this year, there was definitely a lot more playable. That. You posted plenty yeah, of people. Yeah, I posted oh, about I... That was part of my feedback because like, for example, with the mobile category, Skyweaver isn't available. Um, or no, no, it wasn't mobile. Uh, which one? Ember Sword. Best adventure game. That's what it was. Ember Sword isn't publicly available. Uh, like I said, Metalcore isn't necessarily publicly available. Um... I think there was a couple of others. But it is better than last year, would be my say. So I think we are moving oh, 100%. forward. Oh, 100%. But I think, I think the problem is that it's hard in a space that has grown a lot now, where there's so many games, that a lot of the jurors will have to go with public sentiment, even though they're voting. It's not community voting, it's their vote. But if they've not had a chance to play all the games, even if it's open, then they, they will have to lean towards the bigger ones. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I was quite lucky that 
I, I've managed to, in every category, I think even in the most anticipated, I was able to put one I'd played. So I think I was quite lucky, but that's because I don't have a job. Well, I do have a job, but it's not a Web3 job. <laughs> like I said in my post, I think the best graphics category should also be renamed uh, to best art direction because putting shrapnel and off the grid up against games like Wildcard and Alluvium isn't even fair. There's yeah. no comparison. That was I was going to mention that specifically. I, I love that that comment. I think that that's a, a great suggestion. Just changing graphics to to art direction. Yeah, I think because if you if you think art direction, like then I think Wildcard probably had a chance. I actually really do love their art, even though it's not crazy. Like the graphical fidelity isn't necessarily like super crazy ray tracing 4k 300 frames per second like it's it's the art is a lot more pleasing on my eyes and it doesn't feel necessarily like i've seen it before when it comes to the fps games like shrapnel off the grid uh even dead drop like it, it it's too familiar it doesn't stand out like yes you do have good graphics but the art is basically like every other fps i've seen to date so is it really award worthy just because you have a higher budget and can throw more at graphical fidelity and you anyway, know, I did want to just. But they do have good graphics. I want to say that, like Shrapnel deserved that award. I'm just saying, I I want to see that category shift in the future. I wanted to just say, like, props to the Games GG team. Like, I, I know that this was like a massive uh, project for them, but it it seemed to go uh -huh. off without a hitch. Um, and you know, in in I, I feel like we're all kind of like hyper focused on everything today because we're expecting everything to break and go wrong. And it's like, all right, you know. Wake up today. What's gonna What's gonna break? You know, and, and today was Ledger instead of Games GG. So I'm I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah, just props to them. And and you know, it, it feels like this is such a a preview or a head start because I don't feel like even though I think what was it, like thirty three thousand or there's more than thirty thousand yeah. viewers, but this you know this time next year this space is going to be so much more exciting. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. And so Better I'm timing glad that... than like Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern or whatever it was, though. Can we do like something a little splashier? Well, we got to do it for Australia, you know. <laughs> oh, I yeah, know the world. Australians again. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be in so much trouble after this. <laughs> way too much Australia fun. Just from Australians, they're asleep. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're, we're we're in the clear. I think they're, they can't be watching the show. They've got lives and no. sleep and jobs. And, no. Yeah, no, definitely it's not age, watch it's age rated there anyway. They they just we just watch the whole country. <laughs> oh man. So did anybody have anything else that they wanted to bring up before we close things out? I mean, I, I wanted to cover more of the games awards, but if people are hesitant to speak on it and, and we, we're only wag me mentality around here, that's not what this show's about. We're not about wag me around here. No, I, I, I am curious, um, it, just the, the difference between strategy game and card game, there's just so much overlap, but maybe it's just because we don't have like a lot of strategy games in the space. Uh, so I'd love to see like broader, you know, like I'd love to see not as much overlap in the future, but you know, even though we have a lot more games this year than we did last, I think next year is going to be even broader. You know, now more that RTS you mentioned that, yeah, now that you mentioned that, I didn't even what? think about it. Where the hell was Pulsar on the strategy game? Why do we have, why do we have a bunch of TCGs and no Pulsar? That's like the one decently sized like RTS we have in this space. I think there's a couple more. I think Hash Rush might still be building too. And I'll say instead of like fudding the categories, fud the jurors, you know, like Gaspo here, because um, <laughs> they're the ones that chose the games. No, they they chose the winners. 
They chose the winners. The community oh, okay. voted for the games. Right. So it's so, everybody, all the viewers. It's it's your yeah, exactly. For the yeah. Yes. Yeah. I but can't. I, do, I, I do can't be mad Send it. I do to want to zero. touch on that that viewer number because I'm sure it was like 20k last year and 35k this year, and we're in a dead bear market. Like the fact that it's gone up and there isn't just seven gamers like everyone yeah. likes to say. It, the the population is growing. It's not growing with all the the hype monsters, but there are people joining who would must they've got to be joining for the games because there isn't the hype and money. <laughs> there ain't nothing there else right going now. on here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it's good. For, it will. It, I think it means the next time the ball comes, hype monsters will come back in, but we'll have a much solider base of people yeah. who came in for what they were looking for because, well, like you said, there's no other options to be looking for right now. So yeah, and help people navigate right. Like all the the base that's been here this whole time can help assimilate the new the new people. We need that. And I know I'm over here fudding the categories and we're having criticisms about the thing. Look, we love what Games GG did. They put yes. on a show. They gave us something to be hyped about. They've had us hyped for weeks. They've been out there posting their butts off, promoting these games. They put a lot of work into this. So I am by no means a hater. I love what they did. I just have some input to make next year's show better. And I think and, we all do. And they, they do such important work because you know, the games are, they feel like they're out there on their own. Like we don't have yes. three publishers. We don't have like an infrastructure here to promote yeah. games. What These do you mean? You like, have the blockchains, they're publishers, right? <laughs> they they don't want to be publishers. You can you can ask them. No. They do not want oh, to, they do not want to like pay for games and go market games. In but that's the, that's the Nobody sentiment that keeps getting brought up. Is, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. the chains are the publisher. And it's like, no, that's not really but how it works. Who's going to pay like, for all of this? Yeah. Games GG, like they're doing a great job, like promoting games and content creators and, and like, you know, organizing creators and getting them to work for this common cause. Like, I think that that's great. And I, I applaud everybody that's working on that. I like yeah, Doug's comment. Doug said, I don't care about awards until I don't win. <laughs> <laughs> a very Doug thing of you to say, Doug. <laughs> I just want to know, like, how we keep messing up our timing with Oldor because, like, right after the voting, their nominations closed, we put out our big trailer this year. We did the same thing last year. Same thing last year. Right after the nominations closed, oh. we put out our first big trailer. But uh, that's okay. We're gonna time it better next year. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk yeah, to Omar. <laughs> I'm gonna talk to Omar over at uh, Games. You get the get the four one one and make sure we time yeah. it. Yeah. Can I get a calendar reminder? There we go. <laughs> Send it. All right. So if nobody's got anything else to add, we can wrap things up. Going once, going twice. Great panel today. Yeah. Nice to see you guys again. This is so cool. This was, yeah, this was definitely one of the more fun combos. I, I feel get like it. Mikkel carried it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like seven monsters deep. So if anybody oh. wonders how I do it, it's just pure crap. I'm only one. I'm only in my one in. So, you know. Those are rookie numbers, dude. You know, I know. Yeah. I got I to watch out for the ticker. You know how it goes. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting to that age where I can't be drinking five a day because my heart's like, uh, so what much. are you doing? What are so you doing? Much. YOLO. Come on, we're DJs. <laughs> <laughs> you say YOLO until you're getting a tweet from my boyfriend. Oh, sorry, he's dead. Yeah. He passed away. He had too okay. many energy drinks. You take it all back. I take it all back. <laughs> he listened to Mikkel and had too many you know. energy drinks. <laughs> but is that a real thing? Has science really proved that yet? I don't know. Uh, the jury's out. Or I just be haven't first. researched it because <laughs> I don't want to know. I want to keep doing my... I've lived later. this long not taking risks. I'm going to continue living longer by not taking risks. <laughs> I hope. Anyway, 
Well, that's going to be a wrap for us, folks. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Block Sauce, but we were now coming to a close. Before we say goodbye, I want to extend a huge thank you to all of our guests for taking time to join us today. Mikhail Gaspo, thanks for taking time out of your week to join us for this show. I, I know it was... Um, it's not necessarily something routine, but maybe we need to make it that way. I don't know. We'll see. Super just fun. Saying. I liked it. <laughs> I, this was great. I loved it. Absolutely. <laughs> got to get you guys back on here again. Um, and Gaspard, I know people call you boring, but I, I don't think that's the case. We what? today seemed. Where did that come from? No. Where did you, that come you guys, from? I will you guys don't fight them. That. What? It was in a Wolfsdale space. They're like that Gaspard oh. guy. He's so, <laughs> he's, his space is it's just so monotone. And I'm like, because you have to actually listen yeah like and he's very clever and witty and like throws in little jabs and stuff you just have to actually uh, i'll say i'll DJ. say 90 percent of the time it's because he's got like a, a a child in the room and he's he's a dad guys to wake up <laughs> uh, I, I have been told low low energy and soothing is uh, yeah. is another way of describing it. There, I, there yeah. we go. There we go. Low energy. <laughs> <and niche>. <laughs> no, for real though. Like, not everybody wants crazy hype all the time. Like, you you're you're for a different audience, and I love it. That's why I tune in and hang out and talk with you because I enjoy it. So if you hear people putting you down, calling you low energy, whatever, tune out the noise and keep being you, Gaspode. We love you. Right. And I'll see you at what's your game, which is uh, what time again? We gotta get a little self promo in here. We're go going in in forty five minutes, reviewing some more games the week. Okay, nice. so make sure you guys join what's your game this afternoon. Uh, we had Grazlo Space yesterday, so every Wednesday at seven p.m. Eastern. Make sure you guys tune into that. Mikhail, are you rocking anything that people should tune in on? This is your last chance for some the promo. No, not promoing. We're just like support Sedona. You know, we're hoping to close out our seed round soon and and get busy really building some tools that are going to help bring in some new users. So just love you guys. Thank you so much for having me today. This has been like a total trip and a much needed relief from my normal work day. <laughs> oh man, well. We also could have done it without all of our amazing viewers. Thank you, everybody. Dougie, Jorge, Rod, uh, Gaspar, I saw you in the chat, even though you're up here too. I'm missing somebody. KG, <laughs> thank you. All of you, you guys, we appreciate space? it. <laughs> uh, remember, the sauce never stops flowing. Connect with us on social media. We have X. We also have our own website. If you're not familiar with what the website is, there it's flashing below our pretty faces, theblocksauce.com. Go check it out. Follow us over there. Drop suggestions for new topics in our tweets, feeds. Heck, show up by YouTube. Drop some comments over here. Maybe maybe we'll shift the discussion a little bit. Maybe maybe we pull a, 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 a what's that? Um, I forgot the football term. When you, when you make it, uh, yeah. Audible? Maybe we'll maybe we'll make an audible just for I'm you. I'm a big so. Peyton Manning fan, so audible, 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 audible. There we go. <laughs> That's going to be it for us today, uh, today, though, Sauce Enthusiasts. Join us next time for another thrilling episode of The Block Sauce, where we'll keep the gaming flame alive and the discussion sizzling. Stay saucy and keep gaming in the exciting realm of Web3. Have a good one.